0: Today's lesson is entitled, When the Life of Service Means Something. When the life of service means something. Notice the mean something is highlighted in blue or whatever color your screen is rendering it. We're continuing with our family business uh, series and how we are talking about how we live and work with God um, on this earth. And I know there are a lot of ministries and um, things that focus on, you know, how to get rich and how to be blessed and how to do this and how to do that for yourself. But we really lack in the area of understanding our service to God and that service to one another. So I preached last week about doing good and that was an amazing message. I listened to it again like twice. It was on point. So make sure you go back and listen to that one, the good experience. That was last week. But I want to make this clear. We are all looking for the value in our lives, right? After all these years, we ask ourselves, I know I do, what does my life really amount to? After all these years of preaching and teaching or writing music or working, you know, 40, 50 hours a week, what does it amount to? Does it have meaning? What is its value? Well, I want you to learn something today that you can measure your value by measuring the level of your service. So you can understand the meaning on your life by looking at the intensity or the amount of service you have practiced in your life. Again, I'll say it. You can measure your value, and your meaning based on your level of service. Are you tracking? So in today's lesson, listen carefully, we'll see how a man's, one man's years of service shaped the destiny not only of his life, but the life of his entire life heritage his people so i want to make that clear that the service of one man shaped the destiny of his life and the life of those who came after him so when we talk about a life of service having meaning we have to look at our service in our lives and be able to evaluate it which creates measure for us in our lives and in those who come after us. So if I had a subtitle, Laurie, I would subtitle this message, For the Love of Rachel. Ah, I love that. For the Love of Rachel. I like this because love establishes meaning. You can learn something today. Love establishes meaning. Remember our sermon topic is when the life of service means something. Love establishes meaning. Let me just sidebar here. Have you ever wondered in some situations where uh, one of the partners in a relationship is cheated and one of the partners says, do you love them? Do you love them? They want to know, do you love them? Why do they want to know, do you love them? They want to know, do you love them? Because they want to know if that cheating meant anything. They want to know if that person means anything to you. So love associates or establishes meaning. And so somebody who cheats will say, you know, well, it didn't mean anything. No, I don't love them. No, it doesn't mean anything. So that there is no love there. So where there is no meaning, there is no love. Are you tracking with me? Shauna, you there? Let me build this out for a second. So, love establishes meaning. And so, when something means, listen, when something means something to you, Lisa, you will do whatever it takes to get it and keep it. Now, let me rewind. Let me unpack that a little bit. Where there is no love and there is no meaning, there will be no effort to keep it, right? But where there is love, that establishes meaning. And where there is meaning, you will do whatever it takes to get it and to keep it. You tracking? So that love and that meaning ought to translate into service. That service is what you do to maintain that meaning and that love and that significance. So today we'll learn how one man's deep and meaningful love ushered him into a life of service. Listen to what I'm saying, Joy. What I'm saying is this man's love for Rachel (laughs) put him in a position to commit to a life of service. In other words, I love you so much, Rachel. I'm willing to do whatever it takes in service to make sure I get your love. Oh, That's a song. I'll do whatever it takes to get your love, to get your love. Oh, wait a minute. Come on back. Come on back, PC. So we want to talk about how this love ushered him into service. And so this love had meaning. His service had meaning because of his capacity and desire for the love of Rachel. And service then is how you get to the life. Listen to me. Service is how you get to the life in God that you want. Watch this now. So the things that I feel in there, baby sister. So the things that have meaning to you, listen to me carefully. This is powerful. The things that have meaning to you, the things that you care about, the things that you love, you actually access them. You get to them by committing to service. But your service must be attached to meaning. Ah, God, that's why some people do stuff and it doesn't amount to anything because the service was not attached to meaning, and so that service is not connected with any kind or type of love. A husband doesn't have a problem serving his wife if he loves her. A wife doesn't have a problem serving his hus- her husband if she loves him. So where there is love, it establishes the protocol of service and that service is birthed or burgeoned out of meaning. So the life of service that is meaningful gets you what you want and need out of life. Ah, God, watch this. So when the life of service means something, it gets you what you want and what you need out of life. Let me give you an example. Stay with me here, please. A parent doesn't pay his child for washing the dishes, for doing the service of dishes. The parent does not not pay their children adequate wages for what they do around the house. But if they serve faithfully and effectively out of love because mama and daddy asked them to, they can have whatever they want. Just ask for it and you got it. As a parent, if my kids have done everything I asked them to do all week and they did it without grumbling or griping and they come up on the weekend and say, Daddy, can I go to the party down the street or can I go do this or that? Absolutely. 100%. So do you see what I'm saying? What I'm saying is faithful service out of love gets you what you want and what means something to you. All you have to do is ask for it. But if not careful, listen, A child will think because they don't see weekly wages, they will never be able to get the things they want in life. So, in other words, that child may say, "Well, I don't get allowance, I don't get no money, I'll never be able to do it." It's not about getting the money. So, what am I saying? What I'm saying is, don't do service for God based on thinking that He gives you weekly wages. He's going to bless you every week. Every time you do something, He's going to give you something in return. That's not the basis of love. That's not the love that Jacob had for Rachel. You can't do it looking for something immediate. You just got to know that whenever you want something or whenever you need something, you've been faithful at serving and God is going to give it to you. Uh, That's all right. Maybe I'll get one or two amens. Well, it's the same thing in God. It's the same thing in God. We don't always see his weekly wages, but if we're faithful in service, we can ask whatever we want from our father and he will give it. And the Bible says we have not because we ask not, right? So instead of griping and complaining about what God isn't doing in your life, be faithful and ask him for the things that you desire and that you need to serve him. Listen, the only condition that stopped my mother from getting me what I wanted was the issue of safety. If it was too dangerous, it wasn't going down. Otherwise, if I was obedient, if I was loving, if I was faithful doing what my mother asked me to do, my mother would give the world to me if she could. But if it was an issue of safety, she'd say, no, no, son, you can't have that. And so sometimes even though we've been faithful and we've prayed and asked God for something and he doesn't give it to us, he's not giving it to us because it's not good for us. Oh, I hope you're getting this. This is a life lesson. So this response, listen to me, this response from God to us in being faithful in service is a response of love, That is a response of love. God does not respond to us based on how many points we've made this week. God doesn't respond to us on how good we've been this week. God requires us to be faithful, not perfect. I'll say that again. That's a quotable. God requires us to be faithful, not perfect. And I know I've received some blessings from God, not because I've been perfect, but because I've been Faithful, I feel hallelujah here. So, only love gives and seeks nothing in return, and love exchanges when it is needed. Ah, God! So, love does just, just doesn't come out and just start shelling out goodness love assesses the situation and says, I can see a need for love here. It doesn't make daily demands just because it can. So don't just wake up asking God for a blessing just because you can wake up asking blessings from God, because that is really relative to your purpose and your calling in life. Why? because the relationship you have with God has meaning. In other words, don't just ask God to pour out a blessing on you with no meaning. I said before, when my children came to me and said, Daddy, can I have $5? And I would say, $5 for what? In other words, that $5 needs to have a meaning. Ah, God. So where there is a love for Rachel... Love establishes meaning and that meaning creates an audacity, an entitlement per se, a determination to commit to a life of service, to do whatever it takes to get Rachel's love. Ah, God. So I don't want to say we're in love with Rachel, but somebody ought to be in love with God And love for God and God's love for us establishes meaning in our relationship. So I serve him because I will do whatever it takes to get the love of God in my life. Is anybody tracking here? This is a lifestyle. Service is a lifestyle. Have you ever gone to a five-star hotel Have you gone to a five star restaurant or a four star or a three star? You're probably not going to get it below a three star. You get lucky on a three star. But this is a lifestyle. And the concierge will come to you and say, may I take your bag, sir? They will do what they need to do to make sure the service is excellent and exquisite. Because that kind of service is a lifestyle. Now, it's not churchy. God, that's what I'm trying to say. When you serve God, you don't just, some people only serve him when you get to church. But when you get out of church, you act like a hellion. No, it is a lifestyle. When I, if I'm if I'm not cheating in church, then I'm not cheating outside. If I'm not cussing in church, then I'm not cussing. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. But what I'm trying to say is service is a lifestyle. When I'm not around church folk, I still have that excellence of service. Do you remember the movie, the show Benson, right? You remember uh, Benson and he would, he would come out and he would talk so refined or Mr. Belvedere, you know, those types of shows. We talk about all of these people. Had, there was a lifestyle. When they left work, they left work and they still had that kind of integrity. And when you are going to the mall, when you're shopping, when you're at in and out buying a hamburger and fries, when you're just chilling on the basketball court or rolling in your dubs, whatever it is you're doing, you must recognize that you are always in five-star service, that God has given you a lifestyle. Why? Because that lifestyle style has meaning and that meaning is connected to a love that is a relationship somewhere that requires you or motivates you to uphold that level of service at every level in your life in other words i don't treat i shouldn't treat people in church better than i treat the people in my house Ooh, oh oh ooh! throwing rocks pc throwing rocks duck somebody duck here bob and weave what i'm saying is you should not have a lifestyle of service that respects and appreciates people of religion more than you appreciate. Just the homeless person on the corner, they matter too. If you give excellent service, you give it to everybody. So this lifestyle requires three things, faithfulness, obedience, and a heart of love. This lifestyle is built upon faithfulness, It's built upon obedience, and it's built upon a heart of love. And so our perfect model of this life of service is Jesus. But we can learn valuable lessons from this amazing story about Laban and Jacob and his relentless love for Rachel. And it's found in Genesis 29, verses 1 through 30. Let's read a little bit of the story. Now, I've given you the backdrop. I've given you the foundation Now, as we read the story, let's see if you can pick up on the features that we're going to highlight after we read it, and then we'll let you go. Check this out. Let's read the passage. It says, so Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. And he looked and saw a well in the field, and behold, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks, but a large stone was on the well's mouth. Now all the flocks would be gathered there, and they would roll the stone from the well's mouth, water the sheep, and put the stone back in its place on the well's mouth. Jacob said to them, My brethren, where are you from? (laughs) They said, (laughs) We are from Haran. (laughs) Then he said to them, Do you know Laban? the son of Nahor. And he said, they said, we know him. So he said to them, is he well? And they said, he is well. And look, his daughter, Rachel is coming with the sheep. Uh Uh-oh. Then he said, look, it is still high day. It is not time for the cattle to be gathered together, water the sheep and go and feed them. But they said, we cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and they have rolled the stone from the well's mouth, then we water the sheep. Now, while he was speaking, oh boy, with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. Gong, sister girl, boss girl, bringing the sheep in herself. I got this, check her out. 10, and it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother. Let me unpack that. Jacob saw Rachel, who was the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, which was his uncle, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the whale's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. So watch this now. Remember he just said, you're not supposed to roll the stone off yet. It ain't time. But when he saw Rachel and realized that it was family, He went and rolled the stone away. So check this out. Verse 11. Then Jacob, oh, he done lost it. it. Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. I mean, he was so overwhelmed by being able to see uh, his family. He was, he was caught up. Now don't mistake this kiss for, you know, a real juicy, you know, heated hot love kiss. No, it was an endearing kiss of family. Verse 12, and Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's relative and that he was Rebecca's son. So she ran and told her father. Then it came to pass when Laban heard the report about Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and, here it is, kissed him and brought him to his house. So he told Laban all these things. In other words, they're talking about family. And Laban said to him, watch this now, surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him for a month. Now here's where it gets juicy. Then Laban said to Jacob, because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me what should your wages be? Watch this now. Laban said to Jacob, because you're my relative, should you therefore what serve me for nothing. In other words, you're going to serve me with no meaning, no purpose? Tell me what you're serving for. That's, come on, watch this now. Tell me what the wage should be. Watch this 16. Now, Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were delicate. Ooh, ooh, she has some eyes. But Rachel was beautiful of form and appearance. Look at 18. Now, Jacob, what? Say it with me. Loved Rachel. He didn't love Leah. He didn't love Leah. He loved Rachel. So he said, I will serve you seven years for the love of, no, for Rachel Your younger daughter. There it is. It's packed in one passage. Stay with me now. I hope you're still there, Instagram. I will serve you seven years. I'll give you seven years of my life if you give me the love of Rachel. Look at 19. Watch this because it gets intense. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than I should give her to another man. Stay with me. Okay, seven years. 20 so Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. Let me tell you something. Seven years felt like seven days when you in love, boy. I'm telling you. Woo! This is so funny. Uh uh, oh my God. I was, I, never mind, I'm not gonna tell you that story. I'm not gonna tell you that story. So So listen, a few days was like a uh, seven years was like a few days. With, with with Jacob because he was loving her. But look at twenty-one. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, after seven years was over, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. Uh-oh, watch this now. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. Now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah his daughter and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. Wait a minute. Ask for Leah? 24, and Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. So he got he got Leah and he got a maid, uh, Zilpah. So watch this now. So it came to pass in the morning that behold, it was Leah. So basically Jacob woke up and was like, who this? This ain't Rachel. So he says, he said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? Was it not? Here it is. Watch this, you guys don't miss this. Was it not for Rachel that I have served you? I served you for Rachel. Why then have you deceived me? Oh God, I could unpack that there. Because sometimes we serve God and we don't get what we want. And then we say, why did you deceive me? Oh, but your service must be more. Uh, than what you just can get you get what I'm saying watch this now we're gonna break it down 26 and Laban said watch this it must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn." now do you not think Laban knew that before he agreed to that deal do you think he didn't know that yeah he knew that he tricked him look at 27 he says Laban says fulfill her week and we will give you this one also for the service which you will serve with me, steal another seven years. Oh snap. So Laban says, do another seven years and you'll get Rachel. If I had time, I talk about the things that we did. We served God and we got, even though we didn't want it, but it turned out to be a blessing to us anyway. Uh, if I had time, I talk about how service gives you stuff that you didn't even ask for, but in the end you really need it. Ah, never mind. If you stay faithful, God knows what he's given you and he knows the timetable. I don't have time to do it. So, so watch this now. He says, fulfill our week and we'll give you this one also for the service, which you will serve with me still another seven years, 28. Then Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. He did it. So he gave him his daughter, Rachel as a wife also. So he finally got Rachel, but this is after 14 years. The deal originally was for seven, but Jacob s- served because he what? He loved Rachel. So look at 29 and Laban gave his maid uh, Bilha to his daughter, Rachel as a maid. So he got another maid. So it's four women that's coming over to him. If you read the rest of the chapter, you'll understand why (laughs) there was some cross, cross loving going on there. So verse 30 says, then Jacob also went into Rachel and he also loved Rachel more than Leah and he served with Laban still another seven years. What I'm trying to get you to see folks is that the love of Rachel made this man stay 14 years before he could even love Rachel the way he wanted to. I'm talking Never mind. He said, "I will serve you." If it's going to get me the love Of my life Uh, Is God the love Mm, Of your life Does he mean anything to you If that's true Where Is the service To prove it Hot dog Not at Dodger Stadium Wait a minute How can you say you love God but you won't pursue him through service. God, am I talking to anybody here? I want you to understand the passage said clearly, he said, will you serve me for nothing? In other words, service must have meaning. If you say you love God, if you say, uh, you're a part of the body of Christ, then you're not serving for nothing. You're serving because something matters. I'm online today because something matters. Is anybody tracking? Are you Monica, Danielle? Are you tracking this? as the Jazz Show on IG? Come on, Renee. All right, I need you to understand what I'm saying here. Look at this first look at this first point I want to make to you that we've got this valuable lesson out of this today. Check this out. Service can seem meaningless without something to look forward to. Service can seem meaningless without something to look forward to. And I'm tired of people jumping into relationships just for the sake of us being Together all up under each, what is your purpose? Why are you together? What is the meaning of your relationship? If you're going to start a business, you're going to start a franchise. What is the meaning? What is the purpose? Don't just say I'm going into business to make money. That is not good enough. Money has no feeling, You. money has no meaning, money has no emotion, there is no relationship, there is no reciprocated connection with money or a car or a house. Whatever it is you do, you must do in some form of a relationship with something that matters. You must put something in your life that you're aspiring toward. You've got to wake up in the morning and say, I love God so much. I will do whatever it takes to kick this addiction. I will do whatever it takes to quit fornicating. I will do whatever it takes to quit drinking. I will do whatever it takes to quit lying. I will do whatever it takes to have the love of God in my life. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying? But if I get online and go to church and because it doesn't matter, I jump on for 10 minutes, 15 minutes and I'm gone or whatever, it doesn't have meaning to you. There is no reward. There is no significance. There is no value. If I work out for 10 minutes a little bit, you know, every once a week or every, ain't gonna be no value out of that. Nobody's giving you appreciation. You won't see any results from that. You run ten miles, but then you eat twenty bags of sugar, and then you put it all back on. It's not doing anything for you. Why say you're a Christian and you don't have anything that matters? Let me show you the text. I got. I got. I got to move on. Let, let me show you. Let me show you. The text said, "Then Laban." Said to Jacob, because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me what the wages should be. In other words, now Laban had two daughters. He said, Rachel and Leah. And then in 17, he says, Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel was beautiful form. But Jacob said, I, I'm doing this because I, I love, I love, I love Rachel. So service seems meaningless without something to look forward to. So Jacob was serving because he loved Rachel. And sometimes we think because we're family, we should have no desires, expectations or requirements. But the text proves otherwise. In other words, Laban said, because we're family, should you just do it on on the strength? No. God is not asking you to come to church just because you're a child of God. He's saying, come to church and serve me because there's some value in it. There is something you should expect from me. Cat dog it. Hallelujah. There is something that God says, I'm God to you. When you serve me, you ought to expect something in return. You don't serve me just because that's what your mama told you to do. You grew up in the church on the corner down the street and you go just because it's traditional. I pray because I expect something to happen. I read his word because I expect something to happen. I love people and I give to strangers because I expect something to happen. I pay for people's groceries in line when I see they're digging in their purse looking for an extra dollar or two. I say, I got this. Why? Because I'm expecting I'm serving a God in the family business where he is rich beyond measure. And even though I didn't get a check from him because I'm unemployed or I I don't have a job, I know that whenever I need something, Mm -hmm. God will provide. Eh, Come on, somebody understands what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Jacob knew what he wanted and was very clear about why he would be serving Laban. Are you clear on what you want from God? Mm -hmm. If God asked you right now, why do you serve me? What would your answer be? Because you want a Bentley, you want a Maybach, you want a house on the hill, Eh, wrong answer. Three strikes, you're out. God says you ought to want me. You ought to serve because you want my love. L-O-V-E, not M-O-N-E-Y. Jacob wasn't serving just for the money, he was serving for love. And there must be something greater than money that we give our whole lives to. Verse 18 said, Jacob loved Rachel. In other words, he's saying, I'm willing to give my whole life for you, Rachel. Can you say I'm willing to give my whole life to God? No, I'll give you Sunday. But Monday through Saturday is mine. God, I'm a act up. Knowing what you want makes you serve till it's completed. Oh God. And that's why often some things in your life never finish because you don't know why you're doing it in the first place. When you know why you're doing and what you're doing, you do it until you complete it. And I serve God and I know that some things are not yet finished. But I will serve another day because I know every day with Jesus puts me closer to my finish line. And guess what? Guess what, Allison? Time flies when you're in love. <laughs> so I'm not sitting around worrying about, oh, it's taking a long time when you're in love. Seven years is like a few hours even God said a thousand years is as one day in the sight of the Lord God I wish you knew your Bible is anybody tracking here with me and so we understand this powerful powerful passage of scripture that gives us an understanding of who God is and so he said in that last verse he said Jacob served seven years for Rachel And it seemed only like a few days because of the love he had for her. That's point number one. I'm done. Point number two. Check this out. Disappointment perfects faithfulness. Woo. (laughs) Ain't nothing like learning faithfulness when you get let down. Woo. Ain't nothing like grinding harder. When the deal didn't go through, oh God! Woo! In other words, Jacob could have quit. Jacob could have failed. Jacob could have said, "You crazy! I ain't doing another seven years for you. You out of your mind! I asked you for Rachel. You give me later. Leah, deuces! I'm out of here!" No, disappointment perfected his faith. God dogged. Have you ever been let down? Have you ever been dropped like a cold ice cube on the ground only to melt from the heat? If you've ever been disappointed and you know you really had your heart set on something but it didn't come through, uh, don't it teach you to grind harder? Don't it teach you to be faithful a little while longer? If that don't work, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Disappointment perfects my Faithfulness I'm faithful uh, 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 I'm faithful today Big Ben uh, Because I got a long list of disappointments I'm faithful uh, To my preaching and my teaching Because I've got a long liturgy uh, Of disappointments in my life From family From friends From partners From strangers From enemies From church folk I got a long list of disappointment, of being let down. Look at the text. Look at what the text says. I'm going to try to drive real fast. He says, then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife for my days are fulfilled that I may go into her. Laban gathered together all the men in the place and made a feast. In other words, gave a party for this jipping him. Now it came to pass in the evening. He took Leah's daughter, brought her to Jacob. He went into her. Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. It came to pass in the morning. Behold, it was Leah. He said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? Have you ever gone to bed, prayed one thing, but woke up the next morning and it was another? That equals disappointment. (sighs) Jacob said, was it not for Rachel that I served you? God, I was serving you because I felt like you were going to give me my boo. You were going to give me my... My love, my soul partner. But instead, you gave me this. And God said, I didn't give you that. You you took that. You didn't you didn't listen to me. I know, but I was asking you to fix it. Well, 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 you gotta do in other words, you've gotta be obedient. It's gotta matter. You can't just say you're saved and it don't matter. You can't say you're saved and a child of God but do what you want. You don't listen to my advice. When I talk to my teenagers, my children when they were teenagers, they act like they know everything. Well, why am I the parent if I can't give you no advice? You say you want God to lead you. You say Jesus is Lord in your life, but you make all the decisions every day. look at the text it said and laban said it must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn.' (laughs) in other words there's policies in place this wouldn't even happen even if i'd have said so there's policies in the country it's illegal for me to do that laban knew that i'm telling you the enemy knows how he's tricking you and you're falling for it because your relationship with god doesn't matter And it doesn't matter. I know it doesn't matter because you have no service to prove it. When's the last time you planned anything for God? When is the last time you put all your energy into doing something for somebody else? When is the last time you decided to be a blessing, a giver instead of a taker? where it took you weeks to plan it out and it cost you money and resources, time and energy to do something for somebody else but no let you get ready to go shopping let you get ready to do what you want to do to buy that new car you won't eat for three weeks you'll save for that dress you'll stop doing this if you're trying to get that man used to get on that treadmill you get on the peloton come on peloton come on come on peloton you get on you get on the peloton and be, come on do it come on you can do it yeah 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 you get on there because you're trying to get that ball head bicep man you'll do whatever it takes when you think it matters and so why would it comes to God we got to twist your arm kick you and stick you in a pin in your butt to get you to think that God matters Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. does he mean anything to you that's my question this morning God I feel like I'm in a pulpit in a church that's a house of God Jacob wanted one thing, but he got another, and that's how life happens sometimes, if it ain't one thing, it's another, Murphy's Law, Laban says, you can't give the youngest daughter before the oldest, my thing is, you knew that in advance, why you trick me, life tricks you, Laban was Rebecca's brother, here's the catch, here's the catch, Tony, Laban was Rebecca's brother, Rebecca was Jacob's mother, and Jacob's mother, Rebecca, was a trickster. She tricked, she tricked. Uh, uh, Jacob's brother out of his birthright she was the one who told Jacob to 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 trick Esau out of his birthright so Rebekah was shady and so if Rebekah his mother was shady Laban her brother was shady so shadiness ran in the family Laban knew he was tricking her and that's why the Bible made clear this was Rebecca's brother Jacob's uncle was shady Laban. It ran in the family, and just because you're faithful doesn't mean people won't be shady just because you love God doesn't mean people won't rip you off. I have been robbed. I have been, my car's been broken into. People have taken my girlfriend. People have done horrible things to me. Just because you're faithful doesn't mean people won't be wicked, but it's my faithfulness god when a disappointment i get more relentless kick me down one more time devil you ain't gonna do nothing but make me serve another seven years (laughs) every time the devil strikes you can add more years on to service i will serve the lord another 20 years because you took my house foreclosure took it I will give God another 30 years serving him until he gives me. God, I wish I had some people who knew what I'm talking about. It is people's shadiness that should teach us the value of our faithfulness. I'll say that again. It's people's shadiness that should teach us the value of our faithfulness. When people are shady, it perfects my faithfulness. The only way Jacob could agree to another seven years is because he already knew. That he did the first seven years. He said, You dummy. Here's how I know I can do another seven because God brought me through the first seven. If you look back at your life and look at all those disappointments, Sharon, Lisa, Cousin, Kevin, Hunter the Hunter, Monica, Danielle, if you look back at your life, Cynthia, and you see how many times God brought you through in spite of the devil's attempts to tear you down, you will wake up the next morning and say, I will yet be faithful because if he brought me through the last seven, he can carry me through another seven. Ha, <laughs> ha, is because of my disappointment that I know he can be faithful to bring me through the next. He'd have no problem doing another if it meant getting the love that you really want. Does God matter to you? How many years are you willing to put in this thing to get what you really want out of love? (sighs) People drop like flies, married for one year and then quit. I thought it was love nope must not have been love because if it's really love you'll go the distance oh throwing rocks pc duck hide get behind the wall when it matters, you'll do whatever it takes. When it has meaning, you'll do whatever it takes. If you want it bad enough, the problems won't make you quit. It makes you more determined to do another 7, another 10, another 20. Sentence me, Lord. Somebody ought to say, sentence me, Lord. Sentence me to another year, another 10 years of service. Sentence me. Re-enlist me. Anybody serving in the Army, the Air Force, the Navy, re-enlist me, God. After this disappointment, I want somebody who's just been Disappointment at this altar call when we come to the I want you to say to God, re-enlist me, reenlist me for another seven years, another ten years, or however long it takes for me to get to where I need to get in, God. And we do this when service means something. I conclude this message today with this final point. The payoff is always more then you're put out the payoff is always more than you're put out does anybody understand what i'm saying today look at the text the text says then jacob did so he fulfilled her week in other words he took care of leah as the requirement was supposed to stay with her a week so he gave him his daughter rachel As his wife also. 29 said Laban gave his maid Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as a maid. And then verse 30. Jacob also went in to Rachel. And he also loved Rachel more than Leah. And he served with Laban still another seven years. And my point is. Listen to me. Watch this. My point is. What Jacob got. From Rachel was far more than the service he put out in 14 years of serving for her. The point is, the love you get from God, I got, thank you, my God, the love you get from God is far more potent and relevant and significant. And what you went through in serving him. You mad at the church because when you sang in the choir, they didn't appreciate you. They didn't give you a plaque on the pew. They didn't put a window in the name of your honor. They didn't call your name at the special service. They didn't recognize you. You're mad because of the service you've done. And you don't feel like you've gotten an adequate reward for all the years you put in. And I'm telling you, when you get bitter like that, your focus is on the wrong thing because you will get more out of the love of God than you will ever get out of service for 20 or 30 years. When God brings you up to heaven he will say well done thy good and faithful servant when you serve him out of love. For the love of Rachel is for the love of God. You've got to do it not for the church recognition. It is not for my pastor's approval. It is not for or a plaque on the wall or a name on the church pew. I do what I do because God loves me. I have nothing to prove to you. I've got nothing to prove to this world. I've got everything to prove to God. I've got one place that I want to be and that's in the presence of the Almighty Father. I want Him to hug me. I want to hug Him and that is reward enough. Revelation says when we get our crowns of glory. We shall do nothing but remove them and throw them back at his feet because no crown can compare to the love that I have with being in the presence of my father just to know that I'm in his arms and he's in mine is worth every year of time turmoil, tragedy, disappointment, and failure. When I finally don't those amazing pearly gates and step through those genuine streets of gold and dance upon the Emerald City, to see his face is everything. To see his love, to experience his glory, goodness is reward and compensation enough. There isn't a company on earth that can pay me what I'm worth. But when I get to glory, God will say, enter ye in to the joy of the Lord. God, some of you got plenty of money, but you got nothing No joy at all. You need to rebalance that and change your money for joy. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength and my salvation. Whom shall I fear when the wicked, even my enemy, came upon me to eat up my flesh? They stumbled and fell. Jacob Out of faithfulness. Said okay. You want me to do what I need to do with Leah? I'll do it. Okay. I'm not going to drop it. I'll do whatever it takes for me to get to Rachel. Mm -hmm. So now instead of having one wife. Jacob had two. This is one more than what was expected. And even in other people's shadiness. We still come out ahead. (laughs) Do you hear what I'm saying? Because I want you to understand that this turns out, it turns out that Leah would have six of the boys that would become part of the 12 tribes of Israel. So Jacob became the father of Israel. He became the father of the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel and those nations were named after the 12 sons. (laughs) So what Laban thought he was tricking him out of he actually was giving him at the blessing of the nation of Israel and Bilhah and of the other the maids they had children too. In other words, out of the four women, Rachel was barren because Leah couldn't have children at first, and then because they were mad at her, and then Rachel was barren. But then he goes on and have he goes on to have uh, Joseph from Rachel. Rachel then does have. children children. And guess who Joseph was? Joseph was the one with the coat of many colors. God dog, do you see what I'm saying? The person of coat of many colors who became the second in command in Egypt, who was the one responsible for feeding the whole family out of the famine. What I'm trying to tell you is that when you serve God faithfully, it not only affects your life, but it affects the lives of those coming after you. Now you put in a, a bank account of IRA you setting aside and you should do that in savings for your children but there ain't nothing better you can set aside for your children than the legacy of service when you serve God you are protecting them when you love God you are protecting cat doggin it not only affects your life but it affects the generation my children are covered right now and I don't even know where they are because of my faithfulness in service guaranteed there protect God talking. Well, I wish you knew what I was talking about. The handmaid came with each wife And here's the real truth All of those people He knew, he knew, he knew Here's the real truth Laban wanted Jacob around for another seven years Because Laban knew That as long as Jacob was at his house His land was being blessed And remember when Joseph was in Potiphar's house Potiphar's house was blessed As long as Joseph was there And I came to tell you That people will try to treat. You into staying Longer than you should Because they recognize the anointing On your life of service And their lives are benefiting and Profiting from you But I came to tell somebody faith- has eyes and those eyes will give you a vision and let you know when it's time to go God says that the Bible says that Jacob came to Laban and said it's time for me to go I need to go and establish my own family the story goes on after verse 30 and Laban tried to trick him again he said well if you stay and take care of my cattle I'll let you go after all that (laughs) The Bible says even in that, (laughs) Jacob said, I will do six more years I came to tell you Jacob ended up doing 20 years for Laban What went? but Moses he asked for 7 it was supposed to be 21 but he did 6 and God intervened and said Jacob get your stuff and go the Bible says Jacob heeded because faithfulness has eyes faithfulness has vision it will tell you when it's time to go Jacob got his stuff got the cattle that's the land and so much so Laban woke up and said, where's Jacob? Something is missing. That's why your friends are haters because they can tell when you're missing. They know that their life is not blessed like it used to be. It's not the same as it used to be. And what's the first thing they say? You change. No, that's right. Yeah, no, I didn't change. I left. I moved on because my faithfulness requires as such. And I came to preach to some people where it's time for you to go. And don't you know that famous scripture about may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another this is from this story it is from Laban running after Jacob to get him said you can't leave without my permission and they were about to fight God stepped in and said don't you lay a hand on Jacob and so they prayed this prayer as long as we are both on the same earth we need something in between us to make sure you don't cross my line and I don't cross yours so the prayer was may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another in other words you stay on your side of town and you stay I'm telling you faithfulness will draw territorial lines faithfulness will create boundaries you need to keep you from people who have subjected you to tyranny and abuse God says enough is enough I gave you lay I gave you right you i gave you 12 children and those 12 children are the 12 tribes of israel there are 12 gates to the city and those 12 gates represent the nations and the tribes of the cat dogging i'm trying to tell you that your life means something and when it matters you'll see it pop up all over the kingdom god will use your influence in a godly way i just thought about this morning about a young man I remember meeting, and he was selling drugs. He had a Turkish rope. He drove a little Hyundai back in the day. He had a Jerry curl and the fancy sweater. And he would work on the corner. You know that's what they call it. You working? You working? That means you selling dope on the corner. I caught his life up. I brought him to Bible study. I began to teach him, and now he's on the line. He's pastoring his own church. He went from selling dope to preaching Jesus and I look at it now he probably don't even think about me but my faithfulness at spending time with him has shown up in a pulpit somewhere preaching salvation to somebody else my legacy of over 20 years ago is still alive in a church on a corner somewhere when your life matters it shows up all over the place your life will show up. If your life begins to matter, if God gives you meaning and significance, your life will show up. And the blessings, the payoffs are better than your putouts. Laban was shrewd and he tried to take advantage of Jacob. But Jacob's faithfulness was too much for Laban's shadiness. But what Laban didn't know was that God was calculating all the wrongs he had done to Jacob. He was preparing to give it all back to Jacob with interest. The payoff is always bigger than you're put out. Here's my conclusion, beloved a person that lives their life of service with meaning is usually a person with vision because things that have meaning provide clarity to the past and insight to the future. Jacob came away with a better understanding of his past and he had a better understanding of his future. People who serve with meaning are looking forward to something. The story concludes by Jacob eventually getting away from Laban and building his own family. If Jacob didn't serve his seven plus seven plus six with meaning, the children of Israel never would have ended up in Egypt. And Egypt set the stage for Moses. And Moses set the stage for Joshua. And Joshua set the stage for Judges. And the Judges set the stage for the Kings. And the King set the stage for the King of Kings, Jesus. So to live a life of service is to live a life of meaning. Every day matters and every day counts, even when it doesn't seem like it. When you feel unworthy, just keep serving faithfully. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all the things that you need will be added unto you. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. The Lord is your shepherd, and you shall not want whatsoever you ask in his name and believe in your heart that you will receive it. You shall have what you have asked. So decide this morning. Are you going to keep living life for yourself? Or are you going to give your life meaning? And live in service. To the purpose of God. For the love of Rachel. Should be for the love of our God. As the deer panteth. For the water brook. So my soul longeth after thee. I'm PC, and that's all I've got.